So, Sid, what do you think of the fan theory that the Mystic Knights are just ancient Power Rangers? You know, I can see it. The morphing grid is often magical in how it functions, so why not a bunch of fae tapping into it? God, I bet Finn Vauer annoyed Zordon and Ninjor. Probably stored Ninjor's keys. Wait a second. We know that Zordon is an alien from Eltar, but did Ninjor ever explain where he came from? Like, has that ever come up? I don't think he ever explained that. So, have we had a ninja-themed fey creature pestering us for the last two years? Ah, shit! I made cookies! Hi, I'm the discussion about the works of Samuel Beckett happening on the set of a Haim Saban production, Ashley. And I'm Angus's burnt bussy Sid. And this is Ranger Splain, where Sid, enthusiastic lifelong Power Rangers fan, takes me, Ashley, reluctant new fan, through the world of Power Rangers and Power Rangers accessories. And this month, we're heading into the distant past of 1998 and the country of Ireland to talk about the one full-length Holy original tokusatsu Saban Productions did, Mystic Knights of Tirnanog. So, what's it about? Well, I'll tell you. In the ancient kingdom of Kells, an ongoing war with the neighboring kingdom of Temra rages on. When the ruler of Temra, the devious Queen Maeve, gains powers of sorcery from the dark fairy Mitre, King Conaher sends Druid's apprentice Rohan on a search for the warrior Draganta to help protect the kingdom. Joined by his childhood friend Angus, the princess of Kel's Deirdre, and a wandering prince from across the sea named Ivar, the four go to the fairy realm of Tirnanog and gain powers of the Mystic Knights. Now it is up to them to protect Kel's from the dark forces on Maeve's side. Uh, so yeah, what do we really think about this series, you know? Like, um... I know, think especially for us, we thought it was more coherent than In Space and Lost Galaxy. Especially Lost Galaxy. Um, right? I, I was really pleasantly surprised by this series. And mm-hmm. um, because it's like, whenever you go back to an old Saban uh, like live action show, you always are going to kind of run into the issue. That they are very episodic and oftentimes nothing happens. Right. And like this one stuff actually happens this you know even even though it is episodic they managed to balance those two out. Right. And like it was yeah, I think just the fact that like they were having to like rely completely on themselves and not just, you know, backwards engineering some like pachinko monster. <laughs> Rocky just wants to have fun. Look at this pachinko machine. Yeah, like <laughs> And explain that to one of my managers the other day because, like, I told him about this podcast. Um, I I hope he never listens to it. (laughs) But like, I was trying to, I was telling him about the backwards engineering that they would do in like Power Rangers, and like Rocky just wants to have fun is my favorite example to use because 
Americans don't know what a pachinko machine is. No. <laughs> and they they still like, Ernie was like, oh yeah, I got this cool pachinko machine from Japan. Yeah. I'm not going to go into the gambling or the fact that I'm now indebted with the Yakuza. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, So I think it just, I could just balance. So yeah, uh, Mystic Knights in that regard kind of just balances out better just because like, yeah, they were pulling from like, actual irish mythology sort of i'll get into that in a minute but like you know they had to like okay we are doing the monsters ourselves we're doing the costumes ourselves so we gotta kind of actually come up with a plot yeah so just being like we kind of have a plot here so uh but uh because we're doing like two different shows every single episode is just nonsensical and nothing moves forward right or uh, ch- children's version of a sitcom with action. Right, like, ugh. <laughs> Master Rider. I prefer it over VR Troopers, and I'm wondering, and I, I wonder if I just have Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, I mean, at least with, like, this, so what's going for, like, this series and Master Rider is the fact that they are both, like, about 40 to 50 episodes. Yeah. Whereas, uh, VR Troopers was 90. And I still feel like I don't know what I actually watched. <laughs> Same. But, like, f- f- that that is just, like, a daze. Uh, <laughs> and over, this over, like, um, over Mass Rider, because, again, like, they had a plot. It was very engaging and everything that I was kind of sad that they didn't get their second season. <laughs> I know. It ends on such a cliffhanger. Like... You could tell they were clearly, like, wanting and anticipating to do a second season. We'll talk about that a little later on in the podcast. And, like, this, you know, it literally ends on a cliffhanger. And then it's like, nope, not happening. And it's just like, dang, I would have loved to have seen that. Like, how it would have progressed from here. And, yeah, so as we mentioned, it definitely knew how to balance being this episodic series that you could just kind of drop in and watch an episode without knowing, like mostly anything else about what happened beforehand yeah. uh, but it did have an overarching plot as well like everything in that season is like leading up to kind of the final battle between kells and tamra yeah and it doesn't seem like it's stagnated or... no i mean it got a little weird towards the end um, Oh yeah. but you know i'll blame that on bondi more than anything else oh yeah um we'll get into that oh god yeah we will get into it and as we mentioned before like the series drew sort of from irish mythology and was filmed in ireland with irish actors nobody's faking accents like they are in disney oh god like yeah could you imagine though if like they had sent like jdf or somebody over to be one of the main characters like you think he would have given up on the Irish accent or just gone all the way and uh, attempted to do it? Uh, gone all the way and attempted to do it, given the fact he was in this, like, weird point-and-click game where he, I think he had to have, like, this bad British accent. Oh, no. I'm gonna have to fight this thing. <laughs> no, yeah. So, like, so thankfully, like, they were kind of committed to that authenticity. I mean, like, I-, I think the fact that, like, Ireland does offer tax credits for filming helps yeah. a lot, too. And, like, the series was decently well known in ireland because like i uh reached out to one of our friends uh Eamon, uh to help me with some pronunciation things for this episode 
And, like, he was like, oh, yeah, like, I remember that show. I had toys from it. And also, Queen Maeve was a bad bitch who got the short end of the stick in the series. <laughs> and, like, reading about the cattle raid of Cooley, which I didn't get a chance to actually read it, um, mm-hmm. just because, like, I, it was way too close to us recording. Um, yeah, no, she definitely was a bad bitch. And also, uh, they definitely changed Deirdre's origins for the TV series. And it's like, oh, is this how people who really into Greek myths feel about the film Hercules? <laughs> oh, um, no! The short version of it. So Deirdre was a princess in in Irish mythology, specifically the Ulster cycle. Um, but, like, she was prophesied by uh, Kavid, the, the druid, uh, to King Conaher that, like, she was going to be... S- more beautiful than anybody else so like connor so when she was born connor just sort of had her sequestered away from men so that way when she was old enough he could marry her uh, uh. Uh, yeah it, it, it is uh, a I, I forget all the details and it's on wikipedia but like she ends up like running away with this guy, but then gets taken back and just tells Connor when they get married that she fucking hates him, and then a year later she commits suicide by throwing herself on rocks. That that's I'm glad Mystic Knights did not do that. Yes. Uh, as, <laughs> as for the Hercules question, it's just more laughable because it's like, yes, Zeus is a family man. <laughs> and him and Hera have a happy relationship. <laughs> yeah, it's just more fucking funny. Yeah, I was just like this yeah. is like, damn, no, I'm glad they went with this instead yeah. of, like, incestuous weirdo dad. Yeah, like... suicide. Yeah, like, no, it's like, that definitely would not pass muster on a kid's show ever. And yeah, it, it, you know, and obviously, like, they didn't include all Irish myths. Like, we, we included Nemain, who shows up towards the end, who's, like, a ancient war goddess who might be associated with the Morgan, but is kind of, like under question but because like the morgan shows up in the battle rate of the uh, the cattle rate of cooley mm-hmm. i know it has a technical mm-hmm. irish name i just did not learn how to pronounce it so i'm just going with the anglicized version apologies um so the morgan shows up there and then like the important thing to remember about irish mythology is that like for the longest time barely any of it was written down yeah so yeah, a lot of the this. yeah so a lot of the written accounts are from, like, various sources that were kind of told down the line of, you know, learning from somebody's father who learned it from their father and learned it from their father, you know. So, yeah. it stuff will vary, basically. Um, and then, obviously, yeah, Maeve was, like, a bad bitch queen. And I think she's kind of a bad bitch in the series, but they were obviously oh, yeah. making her a little bit more of a Rita Repulsa type. Oh, yeah. So, I mean... Even if this is a better constructed Saban series that's a Power Rangers clone, it's still a Power Rangers clone. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so like, you know, yeah. She's, she's still camp. Yeah, exactly. Bit. I think she's like a mix between like that campiness you get from Diva Talks and uh, Rita and Astronema. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And like you said, a little toned down, but definitely on that campier side. Um, yeah, I was going to say like when there was something that like. Because I know a lot about Alimus mythology through you, so when, like, mm-hmm. the Raven showed up, I, I basically, like, did that point meme of, like, I know what that is. Yeah. And it's like, I did actually have a book on hand <laughs> that explained, like, Nemain and her connections to the Morrigan. Um, so, like, 
Yeah, uh, it was The War Again by Courtney Weber. So, uh, it's like Goddess of Magic and Might, I think it's called. Okay. So, um, we'll put a note to that in the show link. And, yeah, kind of the last thing we want to touch on is that the characters felt like actual fucking people for that time period. Yeah, like, that was, like, another thing that surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, you know, the characters are, like, a little... They're not, like, a lot of the characters we experienced last year with the Disney era, but, mm-hmm. like, we could, we can say stuff about them or infer stuff about them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Ryan Steele, his dad is missing. Or, and his friend Caitlin, she's a girl and a journalist. <laughs> JB likes computers. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, even for the characters that we, we would say are, were not as developed as much, like, and we'll get into that in a bit, with, like, say somebody like Ivar, we still had generally an idea of who Ivar was, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, which I, I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, and, like, definitely kernels of, like, what could have been if they did a second season. Like, mm-hmm. we could have expanded. Up- oh, or even sure. a little one-note as Angus. Angus was pretty little one-note, but he still felt more, like, developed. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, he was one-note, but you at least understood a kind of his motivations. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> the, the solo bulk and skull, but, like, season two or three bulk and skull. <laughs> oh, for real. Not season one bulk and skull. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we're talking about the character. So you want to go ahead and get into it? Uh, yeah. All right. So we're first starting off with uh, Rohan, who is our mystic knight of fire. And he's kind of our main character of the series because he is the chosen one. He is, as you find out in the first episode, he or first episode or so, he is actually Draganta. Yeah. Like he has, he has, he has the mark. Yeah. He's, he's the chosen one. And he's just kind of. Like a druid, like when we first meet him, he's like a very fiery, like fighter type that also was like a druid's apprentice. Yeah, because like Cavid was just like, huh, I can see, I see this mark on you. It means you're destined for something. So be my apprentice. And like he learned some magic, but then he never really uses much of it. <laughs> no, I, I think it's because he's like, I have a magic sword. So let me just hit things. Yeah, I mean, if. If you have a magic sword, like, there's really much, not much reason to do much else in terms <laughs> that, of magic. That but shoots like, lasers? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, you could make a decent D&D party just basing, like, your party off of these characters, I think. Oh, yeah. He, he's fire. I, I think, like, the big notes about him is he's fiery and courageous, almost to a fault sometimes, which I really like that they played with. One, yeah, he's the fire type character, so of course he's that, but also, like, no, sometimes he fails because of that, and he has to learn. Oh, yeah, like, that. I think that happened more than once, honestly. Like, yeah. Where, you know, there was failure for him, and also, like, you know, kind of this next note we have is that he kind of also struggles what it with what it means to be Draganta, the chosen one. Yeah. And, like, kind of being in that leadership position and having the entire, like, kingdom on your shoulders yeah you you see a lot of like struggle with him which again for like 1998 and a saban show i am utterly surprised by yeah like i'm just thinking of like okay so i recently saw encanto and i'm kind of just obsessed with it it's like that that like if you could describe if you could assign a song from that movie to rohan it would definitely be uh, surface pressure where, like, one of the characters is singing about kind of ha- the the pressure of having family expectations 
and like keeping everybody like safe and the town safe on 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 your shoulders. Yeah. And how like you just feel like you're about to fucking break <laughs> and like I I feel like you don't get it that serious in the show, but I feel like Rohan definitely that is a lot of his struggle is that he's like the life he knew before is so very is not possible anymore he's now like mm. you know people are depending on him yeah it, it's what and he also like struggles because he feels like this is such a lonely thing and mm-hmm. he must do it on his own that he kind of like he'll sometimes push the team away his team are like hey what the fuck it's like yeah we are we are knights we are supposed to do this as a team yeah it's like it's oh it's okay to accept us like helping you yeah like so- it's like I can see why people are like try to like connect this with Mystic Force in terms of like maybe like they were the ancient like Mystic Force Rangers, which like yeah, there's a lot of similarities in the plot. I think I can see why people go that route. Yeah, I'm not sure if they're the actual like Mystic Force Rangers. We'll get into that, but definitely like maybe this is where some of the powers came. Who knows? Yeah, hmm. we'll get into that more. Right. Um, I love the plot twist. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because, like, you get towards the end of the series and you find out, because, like, all we know about Rohan was that he was an orphan and he's been basically raised by Cavid since he was, like, probably, like, eight to yeah. seven or eight years old. Oh, that and, was like scene when it's discovered by Cavid. Yeah, and, like, you know, he has, like, the mark, this mark, which is, like, it. <laughs> the mark is kind of stupid, I will admit. <laughs> it's, like, it's just a couple of lines. Um. <laughs> But, like, he, so he has this mark, and, like, you know, so that means that he's, like, the warrior king, and not the warrior king, but, like, you know, he's, he's Draganta, he's gonna, he's the warrior king that's gonna protect, like, the kingdom, and all of that, and, um, so, you, like, they don't touch too much on, like, his mysterious background, besides the fact, you know, he doesn't have any parents. And then, in, like, the, toward, like, the third to last episode, you find out that, Surprise! The evil queen of Temra, Maeve, is his mother, <laughs> and he has a demon half brother too. Cause why not? You know, right? <laughs> why not get it on with a demon? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this really got me just more because of like I read the spoiler by accident, mm-hmm. but also I feel like this was not telegraphed well at all. <laughs> it wasn't like okay, because I feel like they. They kind of hint sometimes about like Maeve having like a mysterious background, sort of. Not really. It's not really done well. And like, yeah, it's one of those things of like they could have telegraphed this a little sooner because it kind of feels like initially when it happens, it kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. She also has the like the reason they're able to tell is because she has the same mark as. <laughs> it's kind of like the Dar- how Darth Vader was originally revealed to be Luke's father. Right. Just out of fucking nowhere. It's like, I could, I could see why people in the fucking 70s were mad about that. <laughs> it's like, that was out of nowhere. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it just definitely, uh, yeah, that was, that was quite the twist. It wasn't like, a, like the twist, I think, with, I hate to put that operation over Trump again. But, you know, we're just kind of like, you tried and it's a bad attempt. They were just like, no, we're just going to pull it out of of our ass. And I'm like, that's fair. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, 
So yeah, that was kind of like, and that was what definitely one of the things they left open to explore more in season two that we never got. Yeah, um, thanks. Thanks. Um, thanks, Digimon. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks in space for actually being good. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Now that that's a that there's somewhere there's a multiverse where like yeah. Mystic Knights is like was a massive success and like we got like three three four five more seasons. This podcast is a Mystic Knights like podcast. Yeah, and Power Rangers is just something we do on the side. Yes, you'd listen to that podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, like. And I guess, like, the other thing we could really say about Rohan is that he has gorgeous hair. Oh, yeah, like, damn, they they really made it pretty. Yeah, and, like, because he kind of had, like, for the first part of the season, he sort of just had, like, these, like, ringlets, like, the, like these blonde ringlets, like, not, like, platinum blonde, it was more like kind of a, a brown blonde, dirty blonde kind of situation, but he had these, like, yeah. gorgeous ringlets for most of the season, and then, like, Part of the way through, they kind of give him this blowout. Yes, it's he still looked like the hair, his hair was still pretty. It was just really funny. It was like, where is he gonna go get a blowout in like <laughs> ancient Ireland? Right. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. I guess. Is there anything else we can really say about him? Yeah. No. He's just, he's a good lad. A good strong lad. We 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 liked him very much. Yes. Uh. Next up, we have uh. Princess Deidre, who is the Mystic Knight of Wind, and uh, thank fucking God they didn't go with the Irish mythology version. Uh, yeah, like, that would have been fucking terrible. <laughs> so yeah, like, as we are introduced to her, she is Princess of Kells, future Queen of Kells, in all intents. Yeah. Um, sometimes interim Queen of Kells, as it happens throughout the series. Yeah. She's a very uh, determined and, like, independent princess. Oh, yeah, like, I was, you know, about to point that out. Is that, like, she kind of has that, like, this is the kind of the part of the 90s where we're starting to get to see more, you know, independent, strong female characters. <laughs> However just, you fucking define that. <laughs> yeah, she's a strong, independent woman. Yeah, I mean, I think also the fact that, like, they were kind of, they had kind of made the show to compete a little bit more with, like, Xena and Hercules and young Hercules. Like, yeah. I can imagine them looking at Xena and just being like, okay, we need to make her a little bit more like that. Yeah. But you can't you can't go full Xena, though. No, then lesbians will watch your show. Too bad. <laughs> lesbians already watched your show. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, um, oddly, uh, I, th- I think it's because of, like, the wind association. I think a lot about the Entera of the Queen of Swords. Mm-hmm. I think that might, like, I don't think she's fully there yet, but I think that, like, explains her character the most. Oh, yeah. Like, she's very, you know, she's very strong, independent, you know, yeah. comes through for the people that she needs when she needs it, and she's fiercely defend, and, and can fiercely defend them and her yeah. kingdom. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a lot of, like, her struggles. Like, yeah, you see her, like, you know, she wants to be, like, a, you know, she wants to be a warrior. Like, yeah. being, you know, Mystic Knight is a big deal for her. And she also kind of struggles with learning the leadership of a whole fucking country. Oh, yeah. Like, the episode, the one particular where they really focused her on being intermittent, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, Queen of Cows, like, she is just not having a good time. It's like, yeah, because, like, especially because, like, she, 
has to make these like decisions on the fly and like kind of has to trust her instinct and also has to learn to trust like the people like around her to like guide her way on that um because like she almost like surrenders the kingdom over to uh, not total surrender but like almost surrenders it over to like Maeve which is Maeve is what is intending to happen yeah um and I think you know a lot of that is also con you know the whole like you know she wants to have a normal life and but also like she has the duties of a princess that she must up uphold yeah, I think th- definitely the the interesting one that really kind of came was when she uh, when we'll get to him eventually uh, when uh, Prince Garrett came in and like she found out she was engaged to him a long time ago. Yeah, and like no, I just want a normal fucking life. Right. <laughs> I just want to. I want to fall in love with somebody on my own and marry them that way. And her dad is basically like, I had an arranged marriage with your mother, and she learned to like it. <laughs> Yeah, I learned to like it too, and it's like that's not a great answer. It's like, yeah, no, like Conher, I'm not trusting your judgment on this. Some people that like arrange marriages work out fine. Definitely, it was just like that's not a great way of describing it, or I think making someone feel better if they're very uneasy about it. Total dad moment. Let's yeah. <laughs> I will say though that something that I didn't really like when they added for Deirdre was the weird heterosexual like heterosexuality that just didn't really go anywhere yeah it's just i think they were trying to tease her and rohan i think they were trying to like make her like so pretty that everyone is falling over her and it was just it's not like she isn't pretty no lisa Dwan is fucking gorgeous she is gorgeous it was just kind of like really awkward because she was just like what like it just felt like weird and forced i think it was and then they had like I felt like they were trying to push this love triangle eventually with Garrick and Rohan and her, and it just never took off anywhere. Yeah, and, like, even in, like, the last episode, she's like, oh, Rohan, I never told you my feelings for you. I'm like, what feelings? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think what it is is, like, the actor chemistry. It just feels like, oh, hey, we're all friends here. So, like, trying to do romance felt weird. It's like, yeah, it was just, yeah. <laughs> it was just, yeah, it just no. didn't work. Um... I mean, I'm glad they ended up kind of writing her out of the whole, like, uh, arranged marriage thing. And we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, it's just, like, especially when they were just like, oh, well, maybe she does, maybe she is falling for Garrett. Like, yeah. now that she's, well, now that he's not an asshole. But then it was just like, well, we won't really know because, one, there wasn't a second season. And two, Garrett is only in, like, six episodes? Six episodes! And, oh, God, I just remember, like, the one where, like, you see Rohan, like, Rohan looking over them, I think, from, mm-hmm. like, a hideaway spot and was listening to their intent conversation before Yeah, and he's, like, all sad about it. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Like, like You guys ugh. don't act like lovers. Seriously. Um, <laughs> also, just as a side note, like, I think Lisa Dwan, out of all of, like, the actors, like, we've kind of looked into past, like, this, like you know, the series they were in, Hadley has, like, the most, like, prestigious career. Oh, yeah. Because, Probably like, next to Dr. Jason Darby. Yeah, which, like, I would love to see them at a con together, just sort of, like, talking about acting. Um, because Lisa Dwan is especially known in state, like, Irish stage circles, and just sort of over in the UK as well. And a little bit worldwide, and it's such a niche community, I guess. Well, not niche, but, like, she's kind of, like, the premier Samuel B- 
Beckett interpreter that's still alive. Like, mm-hmm. she's known for acting Beckett, for studying Beckett, for explaining Beckett to others. Um, she's done this one particular, like, one, you know, one-person uh, play called Not I, which I've watched some of it. And it's just, like, it's very intense. And she's talked about it, like, going through that process and how intense it is on online. Um, and, like, she's been... Uh, she was also like the artist in like the artist in resident at MIT. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. So she's like, you know, she's like an actor with a capital A. Yeah, and like, yeah, I just I just got fascinated with her career. Like when I was like when we were researching for this episode, and like and, and her and the actor who played um, King Conaher were having discussions about Samuel Beckett on set of this TV show. Yeah. Which is like, I don't expect that for Heim Saband Productions. Like, <laughs> I expect, like, homophobia and, like, cost-cutting because you don't want to get the union involved. No! We but, went there. Yeah, we went there. Anyway, um, so that's it for Deirdre. Let's move on to Angus, who is our Mystic Knight of Earth. He's definitely uh, Team Rogue. Uh, he, he, he's basically a thief. That's- yeah. Like, that's his, basically his characterization, is that he's a thief, he's sort of, that's what his life has been like before he became a mystic knight, and sometimes he still kind of falls back into it. And, uh, <laughs> as we noted, he might have the Simpsons gene, because he seems to get dumber as he gets older. So, would, it would have to feel, like, you're introduced to this character, and you're like, wow, Angus is a fucking dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, Cabin, like, it was about how Cabin met Rowan, and, like, Angus and Rowan were, like, young, and Angus was running this, like, carny huckster thing of, like, yeah, throw rocks at Rowan, I bet you can't hit him, and of course, you know, he's racking it up because Rowan was able to hit all the rocks away. (laughs) Being this carny little huckster. Yep. Then you saw him when he was older, and it's like, wow, that's a dumbass. Yeah, and, like, I can't, so, one of his things that he's he's best friends with Rowan, they've been best friends since childhood, obviously. Yeah. And he kind of comes to the castle with Rohan. Um, <laughs> Much to, like, dislike of everyone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kevin just fucking hates the dude. <laughs> it's like, well, I would hate the guy, too, if he kept, he kept, like, messing with my magic dust. Yeah, and so there's, like, there's just multiple times across the series where, like, he just gets, like, messed with by the druid because, like, <laughs> Kevin just can't stand him. And he's just like, I'm just going to leave that and let you learn on your own. It's like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> uh, he also, like, because of that, he has a slight antagonistic relationship with Deidre, I think, as, like, we talked about. Which, uh, she's just like, oh, this fucker. I, yeah. I, I love you, but you're also, like, like the person I find you most annoying in my friend group. Right. Like... Like, Angus just seems like he's kind of there because he's friends with the other person in the friend group and you don't want to, like, um, you don't want to tell him to fuck off. Yeah. And you kind of grow a weird fondness for him, but then, like, you're just also, like, I need my space from you, like, after some, uh, some time. (laughs) That sounds like some people you know. (laughs) I might know who you might be talking about, too. That's the sad shit. (laughs) But it's not Angus. So. It's not. Yeah, it's not Angus. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, Angus is like, yeah, he so he has this slightly antagonistic relationship with Deirdre throughout the entire series where it's like, he's flirting with her, but like, she's not having it. 
He's like, God, you smell disgusting. Yeah, and like, he's like he, generally besides he, that, he's a solid himbo. Like he's a solid himbo. He can't. He can't cook. I think he learned his cooking from Britain. Yeah, because like he tries to cook like one or two times in the series, and it's just gross every time. It's it's gross. But yeah, he's he's like the there's like two types of I think like Earth type characters, and one is often like the grounded but wise person. And then there's, like, the complete fucking dumbass Earth character mm-hmm. who's just, you know, he's he's grounded in the fact that he's just simple. And uh, that that's Angus. It's also, like, there's Toph, but that's different. Yeah, like, Angus is, like, he keeps getting put in the prison because he's, like, steals food or whatever else. <laughs> and, like, there's one time, with, like, towards the end of the series where, like, they're in the dungeon and, like... I think Ivar was complaining about how, like, cramped and terrible it was. And he's like, now you know how I feel. Oh, yeah. They should have smooched, in my opinion. Yeah, we kept joking that this entire group was a polycule. Yeah, they they really came off like a polycule half the time. Right. <laughs> this is this is Rohan and his boyfriend, Angus, and his girlfriend, Deidre. This is Angus's boyfriend, Ivar. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's that scene in Parks and Rec where, like, April is introducing <laughs> her boyfriend and her boyfriend's boyfriend. Yeah, just kind of that where she's like, yeah, I really like smooching this guy, but he's totally gay for this guy, and I hate the other guy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Also, a weird occurring thing that keeps happening with Angus, I guess because, like, again, this is a children's show, is that he keeps having, like, weird butt trauma. <laughs> he keeps getting, like, zapped in the butt. Yeah, because it happens, like... At least, like, four times in, like, the early parts of the season and then just kind of reoccurs after that. Yeah. I I do find it interesting because it's, like, normally when you have, like, the bulk and skull type character or, mm-hmm. like, the silly character, the comic relief character, uh, they've kind of sucked in the past. Yeah. You know, you're just kind of like, oh, my God, why are you here? Go away. Uh, particularly towards the dog and fear trooper. Right. You know, they're they're always, it always misses the mark. And here's Angus, who's just like, he's not only a hero, but he really is kind of that perfect comic relief. Because I feel like they weren't trying to imitate Bulk and Skull or the humor of Bulk and Skull. They were just kind of, let Angus be Angus. No, I think that's definitely what makes him work as a character, especially in that regard. Yeah, even though, as we kind of pointed out, he's a very simple, like, a very, like, just more simple character. Like, mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's, you know, he doesn't really have much of a storyline, but he's definitely, like, when he has, like, an episode, it's really engaging, and we can name stuff about Angus. Oh, yeah. We're on our, uh, our fourth mystic knight, uh, Prince Ivar, the mystic knight of water, and he's a prince from another land trying to find his chalice, uh, his kingdom's chalice. Yeah, that's basically as introduced as, like, when our, like, I think it was Angus and um, Rohan were out searching for, like, uh, the fairy circle to enter Tirnanog, and, like, they come across Ivar, who traps them, and he's like, oh, I've, I've come from another kingdom, I'm looking for my chalice, but, like, I think there was, like, I forget what exactly all the, the sequence of events that happens, but, like, he ends up kind of, like, in, like, a life bond with, like... He's um, on life debt. Really. Yeah, yeah. Way, basically, I think it's Rowan. I am so sorry. I think it's Rowan. I got my 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 stuff crossed. Right. Oh no. Because like Rowan saves him from somebody. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was like, we're not re-recording all that. Sorry, everyone. Yeah. 
But, like, Rohan, like, I, yeah, because if I remember right, Rohan saves him from something and, like, he kind of just decides, like, to give get himself into a life debt. And, like, they agree, like, we'll help you find your chalice if you'll help us with this. And, like, that's how he kind of ends up getting dragged into being a mystic knight. And uh, the chalice kind of comes back a little later. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that would have been more explored in season two. Because uh, the chalice ends up being, oh, uh, Miter, like, it's, like, Miter's chalice or something? Yeah, because it's, like, the chalice that's used to, like, summon Miter, and, like, I don't know how, I don't know exactly how he's attached to it, nor how, like, he would have, like, ended up across the sea. Yeah. Um, because, like, again, they don't say the name of the kingdom that, like, Ivar comes from, but, like, kind of the way he's dressed, it's implied that it's, like, you know, maybe, like, somewhere... Like, either it's, like, Moorish, like, kingdom, where, like, you'd be around Spain or something like that, or Morocco, or, you know, kind of within that area, like, in... The Mediterranean area? The, yeah, Mediterranean or North Africa or something like that. Yeah. But they never say, so we don't know. Um, no. They're just like, yeah, he's from another land. Yeah. And that's, that's cool. Yeah, honestly. and then, like... Also, the thing about I- Ivar is that he's regal as fuck. Like, he has being a prince down to a science. Yeah, and, like, he is treated with respect as as a prince from a, like, neighboring and visiting kingdom. Like, yeah. he stays in the castle with uh, Deirdre. Because, like, it's often implied that, like, Rohan and um, Angus live outside of the castle. I think they live with the with the Jurid guy. Yeah, so, but they technically live... Oh, yeah, they have, like, their own little place outside the castle. So, yeah, they live outside the castle, where, like, Deirdre and Ro- uh, and Ivar live inside the castle. Yeah. Um, And also just, like, he, yeah, he carries himself very, like, like as, as a visiting dignitary. Yeah. Like, even he, as a knight. It's definitely, I definitely get he's probably the oldest, mm-hmm. and I think he's uh, been a little bit more... Uh, in the regal role a longer than Deidre because they often more or less show that he hangs out the most with Deidre and it just kind of comes off of like learning from him because mm-hmm. uh, he definitely had like you said he carries himself he has way more confidence than Deidre does which I don't I don't blame her it seems like she her dad was like I should teach you this eventually right Ivar's parents were more on the case of it. Yeah, I think one of my favorite Ivar bits, like, besides, like, there's a couple, but, like, one of my favorites was, like, him, like, teaching them how to do, like, the silent, like, walk. Yeah. To, like, sneak up behind somebody and, like, you know, take something from them, which is kind of hilarious that they were learning that from Ivar and not um, Angus, because Angus Angus is a thief. But, like, you know, I guess if you've, like, been trained to be, like, very princely, but also be able to handle yourself in combat. I guess that, yeah. like, makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, and also, I, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say, like, he definitely is that, like, older brother. I think we talked about that. Oh, yeah. He's definitely the older brother of the group, except with Angus. I wanted them to smooch so bad. <laughs> uh, and he's, he's definitely, he's very water in that he's the responsible one. Oh, yeah, for sure. And um, also, like, kind of with along with that regalness that he has, he is a he is a master negotiator. Like, uh, any time like this came up, I was like, just call him Padme Amidala because that is a master negotiator right there. 
Yeah. Um, so we talked, I think like the biggest one was we talked with uh, about like Deidre being engaged to Garrett. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, I'm not having this. I'm not having this. I don't really want to be engaged with him. And, you know, his father and like Deidre's father, Connor, was just like, oh, yeah, well, we need something with Garrett's kingdom. And Ivor's like, I'm on this. He's like, I, yeah, I was like, let me help, like, let me help negotiate this. And, like, Ivar manages to get her out of the arranged marriage. <laughs> yes. It's just like, you, like, that would be, I think, such a hard fucking thing to do with kingdoms because it's, it's, it's important royal people marry other royal people. Yeah, it's like, it's the dowry situation. Like, okay, I've been reading a lot of classics currently. No, not a lot, but, like, I was reading, um... I was reading the Penelope ad by Margaret Atwood, and she was ta- and there's this part where like Penelope, because this is the, the Odyssey from uh, Penelope's perspective. This book, okay, um, it's it's very good. It's a very short read. Anyway, so Penelope was talking about like you know, oh yeah, like you know, you marry her off for the dowry and for like the power of like getting these riches and getting access to this kingdom. And, like, especially, like, I guess in Greek, specifically because she was, um, Penelope was a princess of Sparta. Like, Mm -hmm. that would have brought uh, Odysseus to Sparta. But, no, he decided, I'm going to take her to Ithaca. And, like, you know, the the, the drama of, oh, well, she should stay in the kingdom. No, she needs to go and, like, be with her husband. Blah, blah, blah. She obviously ends up in Ithaca. But, like, you know. Yeah, no, like, basically, marriage for royals was just, like, a contract in terms of, like, yeah. negotiating. Like, well, it, maybe not contract so much. It's like a trade deal in soccer. Like, it's for, like, money and certain, like, privileges <laughs> in, in yeah. war and all of that fun stuff. Like, it's it's an alliance builder. Yeah, and so here's Prince Ivar is just like, no, that's off the table. My friend does not want to marry this guy. Yeah, I think it left it open that they could broach back on the marriage thing later, but it was not, yeah. she was not, she was no longer betrothed to Garrett after that entire deal. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think you're right about that just because I think they were trying to like, oh, tease the love triangle. And it's like, this is not going anywhere. Yeah, no, it was, it was so dumb. So dumb. So, yeah, uh, props to Prince Ivar for getting her out of that plot line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's sadly kind of the least development, developed character. Like, he really did get the least kind of storylines. And, like, they didn't really touch, or story episodes, and they didn't really touch back on that chalice to, like, the very end. I just remember watching, like, I think we're going to touch on this chalice yeah. or talk about it. Is it some MacGuffin? It's like, oh, no, it's actual fucking important. And you actually do see him kind of get distressed over it, which was really great. I love that. Yeah, and, like, the last episode, they talked about, like, oh, yeah, you'll be able to, you know, once they, you know, once Maeve is, like, um is arrested and banished from the kingdom like they're like oh you'll be able to get your chalice back and go home when Namane comes in and fucking steals it um so like not hook for season two yeah so like i feel like they were gonna explore more of that in season two but that didn't happen so um uh, yeah it's it's, face for better than they thought yeah yeah we're gonna make those jokes yeah yeah so like like, it's kind of like, um, 
Oh, Trini. Yeah, it's like it's a lot yeah. like Trini in the the Power Rangers movie from 2017. It's just like, yeah. Oh well, we're not gonna give her as much plot development, but you know, we're hoping for a sequel. Now I'm sad Oops. that that movie doesn't have a sequel. <laughs> I'm now sad about that too. So yeah, uh, I- Ivar kind of got the short end of the stick on um, on development, sadly. But like, it does prove a point though, is that you can't have black people in your fantasy setting, and it makes sense. It works. It's fine. You're just lazy racist, honestly. <laughs> yeah, because it's just like. Because they never specifically say it's Ireland, even though we know we're fil- they're filming in Ireland. But, like, yeah. you know, it's based on, you know, it's based on Irish mythology. It's, you know, ancient, you know, based on ancient Ireland. And, like... This is, this is a European setting. Yeah. So like, okay. So, like, and people are just like, oh, well, you know, black people didn't exist in Europe. It's like, bullshit. <laughs> they, they very much did. And, you know, it's, it's very lazy to just kind of... You know, do, just just be like, well, you can't have that. This is a European fantasy setting, and I'm like, yeah, you can have a black dude there. It's fine. Like, it's just from a prince from a far out land. And there were black characters in Shakespeare. You can argue about how well that like Shakespeare was representing them because uh, there's certainly debate going on there. But there's black people in Shakespeare's there's plays. I don't know like, what to fucking tell you. It's like the Mediterranean Sea borders uh, the bottom half of Europe. Uh, the Middle Eastern part of, like, uh, Asia and Europe and all that, and North Africa. Like, do, do you not realize the Egyptians were African? Yeah, pretty much. And the, the Egyptians were a big part of alliances in the, uh, in the European regions of the Mediterranean. Yeah. So like, yeah, he's going, it's like, it's fine. It's, it's fine. It historically makes sense. Yeah, and even you are just a lazy racist. Yeah, and even like, like pulling away from his any sort of historical context, like you can just do it because you can't. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, there's You're no. Just, yeah, people argue like, oh well, elves can't be black. Who says that? Who, who says, says that? that? <laughs> like, no, they can. They can. It's like they're they're fucking like imaginary. Like, I don't. What is what is the current? I was like. They're an imaginary, like, species of humanoid. Yeah. Like, they could, they could, they could be anything. Like, you could, you could have a black elf. Yeah. They don't, they don't exist. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's it for the Mystic Knights, for the most part. We'll touch back yeah. on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we're kind of going to move uh, on to our allies, who are also kind of in that category of not as well developed. Um... Kind of starting with uh, King Conaher, who is our single dad with a lot of issues. So, so many issues. Uh, implied he's a widower. Yeah, like some, at some point his wife died and that kind of leaves him vulnerable, I guess. Vulnerable is not the right word. Obviously he feels very sad that, you know, he lost he lost his wife and has been basically raising Deirdre alone, even though like he's a fucking king. So he has like a support network with that. Um, I think this is, uh, like, this kind of explains, like, why Deidre is, like, a little off on her royal training. as like, she didn't have her mother to train her. Yeah. That shit. Yeah, that makes sense. And, um, also there's, like, an entire episode where he, like, nearly marries Maeve while Maeve is in disguise. That was a, I, it's a silly episode, but it's great. Yeah, I I love that episode. I love that episode, too. What was her name? It was, like, um... 
Oh, because, yeah, we kept, like, arguing over what her name was because it was, like, was it... I couldn't tell if they were saying Fiona, Fiena, or Vienna. Yeah. And it's, like, just so I'm, like, okay, so, like, if it was Fiena, like, is it, like, Lady Fiena, Fiona of Briarwood or something like that? And, like, I was just, like, did they name, like, Rita's mom in the comics after this random... Yeah. One off plot of Mystic Knights, which I don't think they did, but it was no. a, it would be a funny coincidence if it was. Um because we'll talk about kind of our struggle with finding recordings of this later. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I love that episode just because it was it was very silly and Deirdre the whole time's just like something is wrong with her. I'm like, do you not recognize that she sounds exactly like Maeve? <laughs> <laughs> and even if she wasn't, it just it like Part of it really does come off as like the like the kid not liking her new stepmom. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so that's why they try to like write you know that's why they write off like Deirdre's concerns for most of the episode. <laughs> like she sounds like Queen Maeve, guys. Yeah, it's like come on, y'all. Like you haven't seen Queen Maeve for an entire like Maeve has not bugged you for an entire episode. Are you not concerned about that? Um, I'm pretty sure they fucked, too, and that just makes it weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just lo- Sex happened a lot in Irish mythology, so, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, sex happens a lot in a lot of mythology, but... <laughs> oh, oh, God, like, people, people are into sex, and it shows in mythology. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, so kind of just going back to Conaher is that, yeah, he's kind of the Zordon of the series a little bit. Like, him, he well, shares that role with uh, Cavid pretty well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's there to kind of be a wise counsel to the knights and, like, kind of help, like, lead the, lead the plot and, like, oh, you know, th- this thing is happening to the kingdom. Mystic Knights, can you go and talk to Vin- uh, King Finvara and... Like, help save the kingdom. Yeah. Like, that that's a lot of his role. And so, like, because of that, he's kind of mostly, you know, mostly does king shit. You know, he's trying to, like, he's at war. He's trying to protect his kingdom. He's trying to, like, keep his people, like, safe and mm-hmm. fed. Um, yeah. He doesn't seem like a Which, bad king. Just, you know. <laughs> that definitely an idealized king because he's like, we're going to pay for, like, all of you not having food because a dragon burned our crops. It's like, yeah, like, I, that certainly didn't happen a lot in history. Yeah. Um. Taking care of the poor? What's that? Great. Oh, God. Yeah, mm. oh, sad. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so kind of moving on, we have uh, Cavid, as we mentioned. Mm. So he's our druid. So he's also kind of like Zordon, but he's like more of a mystic in this sense. Um, yeah, like they're to kind of, uh, he's like the, the, there's like another deus ex machina type character, but he's often there like the magic there is just to help him with like a power upgrade or to see into the, like the future or some shit. Because he does have like foresight like that. Uh, also, he can, like, read people's personalities or something or see their true selves. I know that comes up every now and then. Yeah. And, that's like... that's how they found out that, that the lady wasn't Ma- was Maeve. Right. He's like, something's off. <laughs> yeah, so he's, like... He's kind of did most of the mentor work in that regard. And he raised Rowan. Um, yeah. Because, you know, he saw the mark on Rowan and knew he was meant for greatness. 
Yeah, Rowan, Rowan needed to be raised right and proper and away from that Angus boy. Why does Angus keep showing up? <laughs> Why do you keep bringing him here? Can't he just hide out in your little hut? Yeah, he just, oh God, his like, Kevin's uh, hatred of Angus is just, it's, it, it's, a, it's the like, it's the low-key lifeblood of the series. Yes. And like, oh, this fucker. Yeah, it's it's great. And then like, as, as you mentioned, his magic axe kind of always act as a Deus Ex Machina to kind of move the story along. Cause like, he'll always have some sort of he'll either have some sort of magical solution for whatever issue they're up against, or like, um, he'll like be able to see into the future to be like, oh, I saw this. We need to go this direction to like move the plot along you wouldn't say exactly mm-hmm. like that but basically that i think my favorite was like uh when garrett was under the spell and he was made evil and like oh, yeah the the potion he said oh the potion needs to be touched by like a queen and like deirdre's like we don't have time for this and she grabs it and like kind of like sprays it on him and they're like oh well you're royal so i guess that's close enough <laughs> <laughs> It also could have been, like, that episode... Was it the episode where she was just queen at the time? She was not queen at the time, but she had... It was after it, so it was like... And she technically has been queen previously. Yeah, so it's like, oh, well, yeah, the technicality. Yeah, you gotta put it on a technicality at that point. Even though, like, her queen... Like, her queen duties were more of, like, the vice president stepping in (laughs) to, like... (laughs) Oh, well, I, I have the powers of president currently because, like, the president is... Like, in the hospital. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> um, And so, as we also pointed out, because he's a druid and he's a mystical man, he just always looked old. Like, that episode where you met his mentor who then turned evil. Yeah. Like, he, they, they flashed back. It's like, oh, I met him when he, I was younger. And like, you still look old. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, I think it's just implied that druids are, if they're not, they're not immortal. They're at least functionally immortal. Yeah. Or at least they age very slowly. Or, I mean, they still age, but, like, you know, at some point in their old age, they just look old and they just live forever. Kind of like David Lynch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went on a rant the other night about how he's just always looked 40. Yeah, because I, I showed you pictures of, like, when he was younger, and you're like, you're, like, because I'm like, you're right. Yeah. Look at him when he's an eraser head. It's like, that is, I think he was, like, 30 or something when he was making a eraser head. So mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, you just look old, dude. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. Just, you know, no. it's the vibe. Anyway, um, kind of moving on from that is now we move into the fairy realm with King Finvara, who is... Kind of the epitome of don't fuck with the Fae. That was your one of your favorite things uh, about this was just how the Fae were like, they weren't really, they were helpful to a point, but mostly just don't fuck with them. Yeah, I mean, obviously you had some Fae creatures that they called bogeys um, yeah. that were spies for Maeve and like worked for Miter. But like, for the most part, like the fairies in the series, like, because... The fairy in Irish mythology, especially, like, because, you know, on a lot of, like, maybe English myths are, like, kind of, like, passed down from, like, Grimm's fairy tales and sanitized over the years. You know, the fairies are, oh, they're nice creatures, they're helpful, and blah, 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 but, like, it's they're, they're more like the fairies from Midsummer's Night's nice Dream, where they're just petty, <laughs> and, like, you yeah. don't want to fuck with them, because, like, 
they will fuck your life up if you don't really follow their rules. Oh, yeah. And, like, so, like, that kind of happened a bit with the fairies in in Mystic Nights. But you had, like, for the most part, they were on the side of the humans, but, like, they kind the humans did have to kind of adhere to their own rules. And also the fae were also very mischievous. Yeah, King Finn Fowler especially, he was he was he was often a nice type of mischief. Uh-huh. Though I think like the the first time like like they met them and Angus was there, Angus kind of fucked things over. He yeah, was like yeah, I'll have some gold. Oops. Yeah, I'm just like I kept yelling at my screen. It's like Angus, Angus, don't steal the gold from the fairies. That's how they keep you in the realm. <laughs> um. Too bad Angus is an idiot. Yeah, Angus is is very dumb. Like. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Finvar is mostly very friendly, and it seems like a lot of time that, like, things are kind of just a joke to him, because, like, you know, there'll be half the time they'll cut into, like, Tirnanog, and, like, there's some sort of party going on, where, and, like, Finvar is just, you know, eat, drinking, and being merry. Like, I feel like there was at least several episodes where they would cut to, uh, Tirnanog, and they were step dancing happening. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Well, they can't drink, so yeah, true. Um, and and most kids would know river dance. So. That's true. Yeah. So like, but yeah. So it seems like everything he doesn't take things seriously, but he clearly very much does. But yeah, he also speaks a lot in riddles. Like he won't really give the Mystic Knights a straight answer on a lot of things, or like give them power ups or whatnot. I know when he tested Garrick, it was definitely a riddle. Yeah. It, it, it's just he he's there to help you, sort of. Yeah. And, like, that is kind of the thing with, like, the mystic armor is that, like, yeah, of course the Fae are going to test you, like, before you actually take the armor. They're not just going to give it to you. The Fae don't make anything easy. No. There was a really funny episode where, like, Conaher and Finvara had to switch places for a day. Oh, I remember that. Where it was, like, it was some prophecy where, like... Something due to, like, the fairy stones, like, if they, if the fairy stones completely moved paths, it would, like, kind of, like, mess things up and, like, leave the kingdom vulnerable. But, like, if the king of the humans and the king of the fairy switched for a day, like, it would make things right. It was not explained too well, but, yeah, there was a whole episode where, like, Finvara and Conaher swapped places and it led to chaos. Yeah. Because uh, Finvar was just like, we're going to have, like, a holiday and, like, this massive, like, party in the kingdom. And they're just like, what? No, we can't do that. We're under attack. Please stop. It's like, our crops are dying. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. No, Finvara was, like, a fun character. And then, like, our kind of our last, like, ally character is another fairy uh, named Idine, who is... She is the most Tinkerbell-ass fairy in the series. Yeah, like, she just wanted to bang Rowan Yeah, for, like, half the series. Yeah, because it's, like, you know, the whole thing from Peter Pan where, like, Tinkerbell clearly has, like, a thing for Peter, but, like, he doesn't reciprocate, and so she just makes Wendy's life a living hell. Yeah, she, like, this, uh, Aideen pretty much does this to Deidre. Yeah, it was, like, it happens fucking twice. It's just, like, there's two episodes where, like, De- um... Ideen, like, the first one, she's just like, oh, I wish Rohan would pay attention to me. And she's, like, given this potion by, like, I think a uh, another fairy who's a bogey in disguise. Yeah. And she's just like, oh, if you sprinkle this on, like, uh, 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 on the object of his affection, like, 
he'll forget about her and start paying attention to you. But really, it's just a, it's just a, like, powder that turns her into stone. Yeah, and it was just like, how did you even know Deidre was, like, the object of his affection? You could have just sprinkled that on Angus. Yeah, right. And then, like... Another episode where she does kind of fuck things up for Deirdre was an episode she turned into a human. Yeah! It, it, it was kind of this Little Mermaid plot where, like, she's just like, oh, I wish Rohan would pay attention to me, and, like, they would, like, they would take, and that, like, the Mystic Knights would take me seriously. I should become a human. And so she, like, makes this deal with, like, I think Maeve. Yeah. That, like, to turn her into a human. I forget, I don't think they gave her a name as a human. No. But, like... One, her actress is actually very short. <laughs> um, yeah. But, like, so for, like, an episode, like, Ideen is a human and she gets to experience being a human. But, like, she decides she's going to change back when, like, Rohan's going around looking for uh, Ideen. And, like, she's like, oh, well, surely, like, the fairy's not as good as, like, another human. And he's like, oh, no, well, she's so magical and she's so helpful and blah, 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 blah. And Ideen's like, I have made a mistake. No. And then also Deirdre gets kidnapped. <laughs> Yeah, because of her, basically. Yeah. And I, I have to say, also, it's like it was a better, like, come-to-human episode than the dog episode in Turbo, which was just kind of weird. Oh, God, that one was extremely, it was, yeah. It was extremely weird. It was cute if you kind of saw it as a friendship episode, but it could also be interpreted other ways, and so it was super weird. And sadly, that's one of the better Turbo episodes. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, and so, like, Ideen's kind of role in the series is that she is a little bit of the fairy deus ex machina, since she's kind of their their helpful friend whenever they're kind of in a scrape. She'll be like, oh, well, I see a way out of this. Like, there's that one, they got stuck in a cave, and she's able to see, like, what stones she needed to remove and get them out. Or, like, oh, she's, like, flying around in Temra, and she overhears something, so she goes flying back to Kells and tells them what she heard. Um... So yeah, like Ideen is a very helpful character and she's always willing to lend a helping hand to the uh the Mystic Knights, you know, when she isn't horny. Yeah. Um which unfortunately is a lot of the time. <laughs> okay, so uh we kind of gone over our allies, so let's move on to our villains, starting with Queen Maeve, our boss ass bitch of the series. She she's a bitch, she's a boss, she's a bitch and she's a boss and she shines like gloss. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So one of the things, uh, so basically her main driver says she wants to take over her Kells because as she will tell anybody within speaking distance of her, Kells is her birthright. She says this every fucking episode. But we don't, we never find out why it's her birthright. Yeah, she just, she never goes into it. Like, it's like, at some point she talks about like, there's an ancient, um, crown within Kells that belongs to her ancestors. So, like, the best I can assume is that, like, she had an ancestor that ruled over Kells at some point, but then mm-hmm. the kingdom was taken over and, like, her family has just probably held a grudge since. But, again, they never they never actually say that. Oh, yeah. So, like, again, she just goes around for the entire series just, uh, like, telling anybody who listen, oh, Kells is my birthright and I will have it. And it's like, yeah, but Why? I, mean, I get it. They need to have a villain, and she fills that role very well. Um, but it's just really annoying. Like, like you know, even like Rita had a thing of like she's just evil and wants to blow up Earth. It's like yeah, or, or, or my favorite Diva Toxic motivation, which was you ruined my fucking wedding. 
she's like, you ruined my wedding. I'm going to ruin your life. Yeah, pretty much. But it was just like, Queen Maeve, I am the rightful ruler of this kingdom. Okay, can you elaborate? No. No. <laughs> um, I will say, though, uh, out of the entire series, Maeve has the best fashion. Oh, yeah. Because she's always, like, wearing, like, colorful outfits. Like, like cause she was in purple a lot. Mm-hmm. Or, like, she's got fur as part of her outfit. Or, like, dripping in jewels. Like... Even for, like, a Saban series where they clearly were, like, kind of tight on the budget. Like, they did try their best to kind of make her look extravagant. Mm-hmm. Um, which just, it just made, it, it just worked extra well. It's just that, you know, she's, she's an outcast queen who believes that, like, she is owed the entire, not just Temra, but her entire kingdom. Even, like, Temra, she kind of took by force. Oh, yeah. She's like, this is all mine. Yes. And, like, she does actually kind of come up with good plans. Yeah, like, that was something I really noticed with this is a lot of times. I mean, there was some throwaway stuff, but there was a lot of times where the Mystic Knights, I felt like they got away with the skin of their teeth. Or, mm-hmm. you know, they they didn't really win a full victory. It's like, yeah, like, they kind of just were able to outsmart her at the very last second. Yeah. Um, You were right, though, the last battle and kind of the last, like arc was kind of weird <laughs> it was super weird in the last battle i don't want to say it was anticlimactic but definitely like this is weird yeah because she's able to take over kells and she kind of becomes a naga as kind of part of like her power because she made like another deal with miter and we'll get into that yeah. um and they defeat her pretty handily and then she's just banished yeah just, she's banished and then she's like Rowan, we could Rowan, we could have been something, and like in terms of you know, we could have ruled this kingdom as like uh, mother and son, and he was like, no, I'm not evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like as we mentioned, like when we talked about Rowan, is that she's the evil mother of Rohan and also Lugad. Yeah, I guess she was like, I'm gonna fuck this demon. Yeah, because, okay, they don't go into, like, who the father was of any of these two, but, like, we just know yeah. that Rohan and Lugad are half-brothers, and Lugad is, like, a demon, so, like, she's, clearly she had sex with, like, a Fomor or something at some point. She's <laughs> um, like, yeah, this will do. Yeah. <laughs> Put a paper bag on it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just the demon Lugat is. I'm just like it had not to. It was not a hot demon, mm. and I don't think anyone understands when I say hot demon. I like monsters. Yeah, and like, I mean, even if you read like the story, like of, of King Valor and like his like the eye on his back, then he opened up and like demolished kingdoms. Like the monsters in Irish mythology, I would not say are hot, but like you know, you could. Eh, lean that way but lugat no not no 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 no. that definitely came from a really ugly demon yeah it's like i just thinking of the stephen lynch just the 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 ugly baby song Ah! damn that's an ugly baby (laughs) (laughs) it's like that's a flashback to early 2000s comedy for you oh my goodness yeah stephen lynch songs uh um, uh, so, yeah, um, do you want to move on? Yeah, there's not really much else you could say about 
Queen May, besides being a boss ass bitch. Um, yeah. Maybe uh, she was like, she had like a drunk one night stand and regretted it. Maybe. Maybe yeah. she used demon tinder and that's always regrettable. <laughs> uh, I mean, you're speaking of somebody who has used grinder, so. Oh, yeah. Grinders for, yeah, grinders for hookups and is fucking terrible. <laughs> She just, I guess it's like demon grinder, but for also like cis women. And she just saw like the the chest picture mm. and didn't ask for a face picture. Like, honey, no. No. Anyway. She's like, she just came in and she was just like, well, I'm gonna just put a paper bag on you. Because everything else about you is hot. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Right, let's it's like we've we've gone on too long trying to think about like how exactly like she fucked a demon. <laughs> but that's the implication. So gonna... It's because of the implication. Yeah. So we're just gonna move on to Torque, who yeah. just fucking sucks. Yeah, so Torque is Starscream ass bitch. Yeah, as you put it. Cause like Torque's major story for most of the series like you don't know his like backstory until like halfway through the series when they do a flashback episode. Yeah. That you find out Torque was a, a beloved commander in the Kells army until, like, he betrayed, like, um, Conaher and the kingdom and went over to Maeve's side. I think for power? Yeah. I know it wasn't for brony friendzoni reasons. Yeah. Even though he acts like a jealous fucking bitch whenever, like, somebody gets her attention. Oh, yeah. It's, it's constant. Yeah, like, um, how dare you be the new leader, dude? Yeah, it's like I it's like I'm the leader around here. I'm the Red Ranger, said Rocky. Right. <laughs> uh he just he just kinda sucks. Uh he gets a fucking car. We'll get into those cars later. And like just... Yeah, and like ultimately though, he's a fucking coward. Oh yeah. Just because he, he saw when he he, he, like, Maeve lost, and he was like, aha, we got you, Mystic Knights, and we'll take over everything, and then everyone's like, uh, Maeve just lost here, bro, and he pretty much ran away? Yeah. I'm trying to remember, like, who was, like, the best, ex- I think it was Princess Bride, where the guy just ran away from Indigo Montoya. Oh, yeah, um, I forgot his name, too, the Six-Fingered Man. Yeah, the Six-Fingered Man, he just ran the fuck away. Yep, pretty much. So, yeah, Torque sucks. Yeah. Um, and so I guess we kind of move on to kind of the real, like, evil power behind the series, which was, um, Dark King, uh, Dark, uh, Dark King Miter of the She, mm-hmm. or whatever his full title was. But yeah, he's, like, the true evil power behind Maeve, because, like, she made a deal with him to, like, give her powers, and, like, he, she keeps making deals with him. Yeah, and it's all, the, it's, like... She gets Kells, he gets Tyrion and Oak. Yeah, that's basically the uh, the working relationship they have. And, like, he kind of, like, he will constantly remind her about, like, the fact that she is, like, on, she is on thin fucking ice with him. Uh, he's the one who I think actually gets the main back in, like, secretly. Yeah, because, like, they, I think they make some sort of deal and, like, I, they, that's what a lot of what they were hinting at for season two was that Namain was going to be the big bad. Yeah. And we'll talk about her in a bit. And, um, yeah, so, like, that's the thing, is that, like, they, they've kind of struck this deal, and, like, like Maeve kind of keeps amending it, and, like, kind of, like, keeps 
kind of just like at one point I remember one episode she like she wants more power and she says oh I'll be your slave it's like okay I don't think it's that serious yeah summoned by a chalice yeah so like he's I don't know like that's the thing with the chalice they never quite explain like is it kind of just his his like was he trapped in the chalice is that like the main way to summon any of the dark fairies like what's going on there but you'll never know and like also like Miter just looks gross. Like <laughs> he looks so gross. He looks like the grossest dude at an indie wrestling show. Yeah, because his hair just sort of is like this matted, like twisted mess. Like he's just always looks sweaty. And like, I mean, I guess I need a shorthand for how evil he is, but like the best way I can describe this, and, like, it's kind of impressive because the series wouldn't exist for, like, another while after this, that he looks and talks like a McPoyle from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> like, if you've ever watched It's Always Sunny and you've seen any episode with the McPoyles, even if you're just talking about the two main ones, and how they just always look really gross and, like, have the greasy hair and are sweaty and, like kind of don't have their volume controls either that they talk very like kind of quietly in short sentences or they will just suddenly raise their voice and uh yeah basically they he he's got the same energy as a mcpoyle from it's always sunny in philadelphia that's my main thesis there though i will say <laughs> that like king finn vara also has a similar look to when guillermo del toro was on the series as pappy mcpoyle <laughs> so like maybe that's just a fairy thing and, like, you could go, I guess they could launch into a whole thing about if the McPoyles on It's Always Sunny are just, like, chaotic fae creatures. Oh, my God. Because even for It's yeah. Always Sunny, they feel a little out of step with everything else on the show. So what you're saying is, like, we really need to look at the crossover energy, not with Mystic Force, but with Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. That is my proposal. <laughs> <laughs> i mean they did go like the most recent season of it's always sunny they did go to ireland because charlie's dad is apparently irish and played by cole meany i might add oh my goodness <laughs> so it's like oh my god your dad is miles o'brien <laughs> oh no yeah i was like oh no it's miles o'brien <laughs> and like oh kurt showed me a shit post of miles o'brien which was like him like being a youtuber that uh that like reviews MREs. Oh my god. <laughs> but but mostly Miles O'Brien is probably like one of the like you sometimes like in DS9 and other times you're less like, oh my god, shut up old man. <laughs> See, I'm just thinking about the joke from um from Lower Decks about Miles O'Brien being the most important person in Starfleet history. <laughs> oh my god. We got really off track there. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's perfect. It's fine. <laughs> but, but yes, always always sunny crossover with Mystic Knights of Tyranid Oak. Oh, God. Don't let Mac be a Mystic Knight. <laughs> oh, no. I don't think any of them should be a Mystic Knight. No. They would be the worst. Like, Kells <laughs> would fall in, like, less than a day. <laughs> the gang destroys Kells. <laughs> The gang becomes Mystic Knights. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. Well, we're on our, like, final villain. Okay, which is, as we mentioned, we've talked about him a little bit, uh, which is Lugad. 
Um, which, uh, as, like, this was kind of, we initially made the Brock Lesnar joke, and then uh, Kurt added in that he he acts like Mongo from Blazing Saddles. So he's, he's definitely like, Brock Lesnar, if you mixed Mongo, just looks like Brock Lesnar mixed with that character. Kurt was also apt that he looks like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle with jaundice. <laughs> I I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe repainted one of the costumes from like a new mutation. Actually, yeah, I was wondering that. It's like, did you just paint over that costume? Or was it next mutation? I don't remember what it was called. I think it was next mutation. Regardless, I think they might have painted over the costume or something. Yeah, and like as we mentioned, he's somehow Rohan's brother because like they both were born by bore by Maeve. Yeah, I just love that she just dumped her kids, though. It's like, yeah, fuck the kids. Like, uh, Nemain, you can handle Lugad, and um, I'll, I'll come back when I need him, and uh, I guess I'm just mm-hmm. dumping this this uh, this other normal baby in the woods. <laughs> this normal-looking child. Fuck this child. Yeah. Got the live with his father, and then his father died of the plague or something. Uh, possibly. Who knows? Who knows? Uh... Yeah, he was just a very confused lad uh, up until the the end where he saves the day. Because I think, like, Rowan goes into this, like, spiral because he couldn't, like, save, like, he couldn't save his brother or something from evil uh-huh. uh, and lost to him or something when they had a duel. And, like, eventually, because using Deidre, uh, you know, uh, Lugad uh, was able to be like, oh, no, Rowan, good. And then Maeve was like, oh, shit. And manipulated the whole thing so it's just kind of this weird back and forth until the very end where they both teamed up and used like a laser power to destroy like naga mave and that was it yeah it was uh that was also the weird part of the ending um <laughs> yes so yeah so at the end he sort of after like he's shown kindness by deirdre which inspires him to be a good person and then he after all of that he just kind of goes off to go find himself and the, the series ends. Yeah, we never get a second season. So, yeah. well, Yes, that's a running theme, is that we're just bitching about the lack of a second season. Yes. Uh, f- we're on our honorable-ish mentions. We have an honorable-ish mention, which, because it was like, this character was supposed to be important, but yet nothing happened. Yes. And that is Prince Garrett, the Mystic Knight of the Forest. Yeah, so Garrett is kind of introduced to kind of have the Tom... He's supposed to be the Tommy Oliver of the series. So, like, he comes in to become the fifth Mystic Knight um, and had the Tommy Oliver plot. We're like, well, granted, when Tommy was introduced, we all knew that he was kind of a good kid until, like, he gets manipulated by Rita. But, yeah, like... Yeah, it was, it was heavily implied. This is a good guy. Yeah. But then, like, you know, but, yeah, Garrett comes in. When we first meet Garrett, he's an asshole. And not because he's like, of, like he's being manipulated. He's just a he's just a little bitch. He's a little bitch who like I don't think the others helped at all because they were also being teenage bitches. Right. Cuz it's like, "Oh, we couldn't beat you." And he's like, "Well, yeah, I'm just better than you." It's like, "Oh, you guys just escalated all of this shit." Pretty much. Um, I will say though that his Tommy Oliver plot I think worked better. Oh, yeah, it didn't feel like, like, 20 episodes. Yeah, because I think they got it done in, like, three, uh, two or three, three yeah. But, like... It, it, it was nicely plotted out. Yeah, because, like, Maeve was just like, oh, well, let me kidnap Garrett, and then I will, like, 
uh, get him to be on my side. And he's like, initially he's like, nah. So like, she just sort of uh, scrambles his brain a little bit. <laughs> and it was all because of his one skill of animal handling, basically. Yeah. Like he's, he could just tame beasts and maybe, and everyone's like, oh, Garrett must have some magic. And Maeve's like, I gotta have him on my team. And I don't think we ever touched back on that. Yeah. And then like, yeah, basically. Um, so, like, he's introduced as the boastful prince of, uh, Regid, um, is the name of the kingdom. Yeah. And, like, they're technically kind of Scottish. It's, there was an actual kingdom named Regid, um, yeah. a regional region named that, um, uh, that's kind of in, around, not, it's not, um, Caledonia, which is what a lot, like, a good chunk of what we would consider Scotland to be, but he's not picked either. Yeah. Um, and he's not gate. But yeah, so this is definitely supposed to be at a point when, like, if you're or basing this on a historical context, it's at, definitely at a point where there's, like, the kingdoms are not, like, actual countries, but rather, like, different tribes and different, like, groups of mm -hmm. people just sort of hanging out. Um, yeah. But yeah, so he's this boastful prince who was betrothed to Deidre from a very young age. But as we mentioned, Ivar fixed that. Oh yeah. And then like, so he's in like, a, a, like a run of like two, like three or four episodes, at, like kind of like halfway through the series, like starting yeah, in like episode yeah. twenty or so. Yeah, it's just this this whole. Uh, he comes in mm -hmm. and then like things kind of settle a little bit, and then yeah, he disappears. Yeah, we no don't, explanation. they don't explain, they don't say if he goes back to his kingdom, or if he's just hanging out, but he's not on screen. And then he shows up for one episode, um, it's, it's an episode where this princess from another land named Lynette, like, mm. washes up on the shore of Kells, and so they rescue her, and she doesn't really remember who she is, but then, like, I think they eventually figure out, like, oh, she's from another kingdom, so Garrett's like, oh, I volunteer to take her back home. I think everyone was volunteering to take her back and then, like, Garrett was... Garrett drew the short straw or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. They all had a reason to take her back and then, like, Garrett drew the short straw, so he's like, alright, well, I guess I'll take her back and I'm, I'll am i see you guys later. Bye! Side note, I just remember Angus's reasoning was like, I... I'm a, I'm, I think she's hot or something. Yeah, because Angus... Angus thinks girls are pretty, basically. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, so, um, so, yeah, he showed, like, he disappears for, like, ten episodes, comes back, and then disappears again for another ten episodes, but th for the reason this time, because he's taking, like, a princess across the ocean. I, and then, I do wonder if that was, like, they just aired that out of order, or they decided to air it out of order, because I feel like that should have appeared before that. Yeah, I know, like, there's no good explanation for why that happens. And then, um... And then he comes back towards, like, for the last, like, three episodes of the series, um, with a cool car! <laughs> the cars! We will, we will get into that shortly. Yeah, and, um, I'm gonna let you have this last bit, because, uh, you, you have more experience with this. Alright, this guy looks like, ev like, almost every white trans mass dude in the, like, mid to late, 2010s <laughs> i know because i was one of the people who adopted the dumb wolf cut <laughs> i'm just looking at this guy like why do you just look like every trans man and trans trans mass dude from that time period just <laughs> entirely that energy 
Yeah, and meanwhile, like, me and Carter, like, he looks like Clark Peters from King of the Hill. <laughs> Which, both can be true at the same time. That Yes, both can be true. Because, <laughs> like, cause, like, Clark in that series, he's the one bully that has, like, the, the rat tail, the wolf cut slash rat tail that's blonde. And he kind of talks like he's exhaling out of his nose at all times. I can't, I, I tried, I can't do like, it. I tried doing that at voice, like, off, like, wh- while we were, like, working on, like, r- like, writing this episode and watching the series, but I can't do it. I'm not going to subject y'all to it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's, that's, Mace, that's Garrett. Like, he's the Mystic Knight of Forest. He has cool axes. He, you know, he rightfully earned his powers. He was evil for a bit. That's all you can really say about him. Yeah, I mean, I like that they kind of, like, his whole thing was, like, learning to be humble, I think, was his, like, test. Yeah. Which was pretty good, and it's like, okay, they have, like, Rocky, but decent start, but because he just doesn't show up, he's just, he's important up to the plot, but he's still honorable-ish mention. It's like, yeah, and I I do kind of wonder, and we're gonna talk about this shortly, um, I do wonder if they maybe had plans to use him more in season two. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to say. Hard to say. So our honorable mentions, we have uh, Pyre that he's just, he, Pyre's in the series a lot. He's just a good dragon. Yeah. That's about all we can say. Yeah. Uh, Tyrone? Tyrone is also a dragon. He's a bad dragon. He's a, he's a three-headed bad dragon. Not uh, that kind of se- bad dragon. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking a lot about demon fucking, so, you know. <laughs> Bad Dragon sponsor this episode. <laughs> Imagine if we came a Power Rangers like thing sponsored by Bad Dragon. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kurt. Uh, the four Sentinels of Temera, they were just there at the very beginning and then poof. They were very tokusatsu looking villains. Yeah, they were like, the most tokusatsu ass looking motherfuckers on this series. <laughs> uh and Namain, who is Maeve's teacher, and like the potential big ba- bad for, like, the second season that looked like it got abandoned. So, yeah. And, like, talk- I will say Nemain, though, like, she had fucking fashion. She was dressed like an evil drag queen. Oh, yeah. It was, was great. great. Like, she had, like, the, the dramatic eyebrows. And, like, she always mm-hmm. entered, like, with the big, like, either, like, a wave of ravens or, like, an outline of a raven. And, like, yeah, like, I can see where Maeve got it from. Okay, that's yeah. all I wanted to point out. <laughs> she had, I think she was the one who had, like, eyebrows like Dorothy from, like, Gundam Wing, and I had to show you that. Oh, yeah. Were, like, <laughs> the one weeb from the Toonami years that did not watch Gundam Wing. Yeah, that that's me. I didn't watch Gundam Wing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now we're in the odds and ends, and we get to, now we get to really talk about the abandoned second season. Okay, yeah. So basically... It looked like, for all intents and purposes, they were already headlong into planning a second season. Like, they were starting to, like, advertise toys. Like, first of all, the season was going to be called Battle Thunder. They were starting to advertise toys that also included a Mystic Knight of Thunder named Liam. Yeah. And then it looked like they had already cast a character named Shannon, who was going to be the Mystic Knight of the Swamp. And so, yeah. and he was going to be kind of the evil Mystic Knight. And, like, um, you can go, like, there are resources where you can go find this. And it was, like, 
It sounded like he was going to be, like, a second to Maeve, but maybe it was going to be more like a second to Nemain. And, yeah. like, like he was going to have, like, this dark armor and, like, his whole thing was... With a skull. Yeah, skulls. And he was going to be, like, death below me. Uh, which, like, makes sense because, like, in Irish mythology, like, the underworld is not kind of our traditional underworld that we would think of, but rather it's kind of, like, mm. literally under the water. Damn, yeah, so, that's cool. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, like, it looked like they were all, they were gung-ho on doing a second season, but, like, when the ratings didn't do as well as they had hoped, and, you know, obviously, like we said, In Space got, like, it was actually kind of revitalized Power Rangers, um, they decided to kind of abandon ship on a second season, and, um... Put the money towards the English dub of Digimon and Lost Galaxy. Yeah, like, it, it was pretty much, it just sounded like it was a, a choice between Lost Galaxy and a second season for this. Yeah, which, like, as sad as it makes me that they decided not to do a second season of Mystic Knights, because Mystic Knights, after watching it, it's like, oh, this is actually a really good series. Like, yeah. it's very solid, and, like, obviously it's not, it wasn't, like, a fucking game changer in terms of, like... Um, you know, in pl- terms of plot or character or anything like that. But it was, it was really good. It was really solid. But, yeah. like, it, I guess if it comes down to it financially of, like, keep filming overseas for a series that's not doing as well as we would like or investing money in our known property that is doing that, 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 better than we expected. Yeah. I get it. I get it as a financial decision. Yeah, I would feel like if Lost Gal, uh, not Lost Galaxy, but if In Space just tanked, yeah, like Turbo did, mm-hmm. we would have gotten the second season of Mystic Knight. Oh yeah, um, which I, I'm like, I'm okay with this out- outlook, but also like, I kind of hate how stuff like this revolves around money. Yeah, same. Um, as we went over extensively last episode. Yeah. Oh my god. My brain will just forever have a corner of it just dedicated to the capes and japes of Michael Eisner. I'm sorry. It's fine. <laughs> the other thing, kind of, to go back on that, was kind of how this is almost a lost media thing. Yeah. So, like, the whole thing about this series is that it never really got much of a traditional release and was not really, like, well-preserved in terms of, like, you know, because at least with Power Rangers, like, every season's put put on DVD. And, like, you know, you could go and rip those and, like, you know, it's easily accessible. Like, even for the episodes that Hasbro has not put up on YouTube yet, you can still go and find them. There's, like, actually easy accessible rips of VR Troopers and Big Bad Beetleborgs because VR Troopers did get a DVD release as well as both that them and Big Bad Beetleborgs were were on Netflix. So there's decent rips of that. Yeah, and then, like, even going back to, like, uh, mass writer like the rips that we were able to find of it well like there was definitely some where it had like you know clear vhs like error like you know not errors yeah. but like it is you know still very clearly you know dealt with the problems of like recording off of vhs but it looks like they even had like some station masters that they ripped from like yeah. it was in a it was like the rips of um mass writer are in decent enough condition and like Obviously, you know, we we went with Los Luchadores where, like, it did get a DVD release in, like, Italy. 
So, like, yes. that's how we were able to find it on YouTube is that somebody managed to go and track that down. Thank you, weird Sam. Um. <laughs> quicksand, quicksand fetish dude. We salute you, yeah. whoever you are. Did we, did, didn't we think about him in this fucking season? Because wasn't there a quicksand thing in this series? There was a quicksand in this. So quicksand dude, if you're watching, there is a quicksand thing in Mystic Knights of Tyrion and Nose. Yes. Um, but yeah, for uh, Mystic Knights, there's not a whole lot in terms of like preservation, which like this is where we really have to say thank you to the Mystic Knights Preservation Project. And you yeah. can easily find this, you know, we'll link it in the show notes and we can easily find this online because he has, like, all of it. And he, like, goes through details of, like, how he had to go and cobble some of these episodes together. Yeah. Uh, because, like, occasionally, like, because he got, like, there was rips from, like, when it was airing in Germany that were actually decent TV quality. But then, like, there would be parts of it were missing that he had fill in with, like, this, these really bad vhs rips from when it was on fox kids yeah and as well as like the first couple of episodes because they had dvd reps yeah um yeah i was just kind of like there was so much of it cobbled together i think he had to voice over something at some point yeah because they couldn't find the audio there was a lot of love into preserving this series and especially like a lot of people do remember mystic knights in terms of that because like you know yeah like it even though it had a weird airing schedule, it was still on when, like, you know, Haim Saban gave a shit about Fox Kids. Oh, yeah. And so, like, you know, and they had they had a McDonald's toy line, and they had a Bondi toy line, like, which, weirdly enough, as we learned from the, um, there, there's a Toy Galaxy episode about uh, Mystic Knights that came out not too long ago, where, like, uh, <laughs> when Bondi produced the toys for uh, Mystic Knights... Because uh, they basically just did it with the armor. Yeah. Um. So you didn't actually see the characters' faces. When they did the toys for Mystic Knights, um, Ivar was... Uh, they didn't put the right skin color on Ivar. Yeah. So the only actual figure of Ivar that has the correct skin color... Because, again, Ivar is black... <laughs> Was the McDonald's toys. And the McDonald's toy line is also the only time you got, like, actual toys of Lugad and Maeve. Yeah. And, like, I think Conaher was one of them as well. Or no, it might have been Torque. Anyway. Yeah, because yeah. uh, Justin Pierre was not casted yet. Yeah, and I think they just, I don't, that's the thing of, like, okay, so clearly they must have had notes from what the character was supposed to look like. Or, like, Based on that. So I don't know if this, there was colorblind casting or if somebody just assumed along the way that the character was going to be white or they just decided, well, that doesn't matter. We're just going to make him white anyway. It's like, ah, that's the, I want to just, weird. I just, I, I personally want to believe that it's just that it was just a miscommunication. Yeah. But because like the second option is way worse. Oh Yeah. Well, considering they just, like, farted out a toy for Liam. Yeah, that's true. Um, They're just like, we don't have a guy casted for this yet, but we have a toy, like, mock-up. Yeah, so, who knows. So, yeah. that's, I, I, I yeah, I, I'm personally just gonna think it's a miscommunication in terms of, like, this was not communicated with Bondi, but who knows. Um, who knows. Um, I am gonna, like, 
like I remember I heard about this actually when I went to college mm-hmm. and when my roommate was getting a bunch of Power Rangers stuff. She ended up finding a torrent for Mystic Knights of Tyranny No. And she was like, oh my god, remember this show? And I'm like, I barely do. And she was like, it's based on Irish mythology. Yeah. And, like, I watched, like, a few episodes of it. And, like, the quality back then, because this is, like, 2008. Ugh. 2009. So the quality was just rips from Fox Kids. Yeah, and that's initially the the rip we found. Yeah. Until, like, um, till Kip from uh, Come and Ride With Me was like, oh, yeah, like... Here's the, the Mystic Knights of uh, Tiernanog Preservation Project. Um, and he mentioned that when, like, we were on to review, like, kind of the quote-quote movie. Yeah. Um, which is kind of weird because it start the movie, like, starts in, like, episode two or three. Oh, yeah. Because it's kind of a slow build to them actually getting their armor because they get their, they go to Tiernanog, they get their mystic powers, but then they, one by one in, eat, like, four episodes, they get their actual, like, armor. Yeah, they have to defeat the the uh, four sentinels. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was just like that. That really, really shout out to Mystic Knights Preservation Project because this is a re- this is a really good show that I want preserved. Yeah, and like somebody's got to have the. That's the thing is that we couldn't figure out who actually has the rights to Mystic Knights because like yeah. according to Toy Galaxy, the um the actual copyright of the name Mystic Knights of Tirna Nog expired in, like, 2000. Okay. But, like, in terms of, like, air- like, I'm trying, like, that's what, we don't know who actually, in terms of, like, airing the series or, like, um, doing, like, a physical release of the series, who would actually have those rights? Because, like, it's safe to assume this was one of the series that was in the library when... Uh, like in the tape library for Fox Kids when Disney bought, bought out the Family Channel, yeah. Um, but I I don't think that necessarily means that they still own it. But all we really know is that Time bought back Power Rangers. We don't yeah. know if that also included VR Troopers, Beetleborgs, um, Mass Rider, Los Luchadores, Mystic Knights, like. I did see something that he bought back the rights of some of his shows. Mm-hmm. It definitely shows because Big Bad Beetleborgs and um, VR Troopers got really like VR Troopers got a release from Shout, which uh, where that's where Saban actually did uh, business with in terms of getting a DVD release and all that mm-hmm. for Power Rangers. You know, he he was business. He did business business stuff with that, but it's like a lot of the other shows. Like I'm not too sure. Yeah, and so, like, I, yeah, I just, I had to wonder where you can even start to begin to figure out some of that out. Because, like, we broached this question back with, like, Los Luchadores, is that we don't actually know who owns the rights to Los Luchadores anymore. Especially, wasn't that, it was also, like, a co-production, I think, too. Yeah, so, like, maybe those rights went back to, you know, the other co-production, but, like, I think it was Shavik Entertainment or something like that. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Mystic Nice was produced wholly in-house by Bond, so, like... It, it probably might have gone with him when he bought back the rights for things. Yeah, but he just hasn't done anything with it. Yeah, and they might be with Hasbro. Who knows? Oh, we'll see. Maybe, maybe not. Um... Uh, Hasbro, if you have this, like, get a Boom Studio comic of it, like a miniseries, or just, like, 
uh, or like a graphic novel release. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, we we want more Mystic Knights. Yeah. Um, uh, as you could kind of tell, like, moving on, as you could kind of tell from this podcast, though, Ashley has a real love for Irish mythology. Yeah. And, like, I I am not as versed, well-versed in it as, like, I could be, honestly. Um, cause I'm still learning about it, but that's like the cool thing about Irish mythology is that like, there's so many variations on various figures and stories mm-hmm. that like, you could keep learning about it or keep hearing about it. Yeah. That's probably partially wrestling's fault, but also partially the wicked and divine's fault. <laughs> um, you know, wrestling being wrestling, but also the wicked and divine by, Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey is a fucking great comic. And there is literally a uh, avatar of the Morrigan in that series. Um, yeah. I miss that comic so much. I need to finish reading it. Oh, so. So, like it, it ended like it, the ending was a little weird, but it makes sense. Like, okay. I'll just put it like that. Y- yes. I love the wicked and the vine. And then also there was an, there was an issue of, Grayson, that was also kind of about Irish mythology mm-hmm. and talking about how Ireland is a land of stories. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just, I love Irish mythology. So, this kind of like scratched that itch that I, and that's why I was so excited to kind of get into this series was because I do have a legitimate love of that. Mm-hmm. And so, kind of also learning a little bit more about like the Ulster cycle, which I didn't wasn't quite as I'm not wasn't quite as familiar with, and I do want to read you know about the ba- the cattle raid of Cooley, and Cuckoolane and uh, Finn McCool and all that fun stuff. Um, I just did like there was years ago. I have a book um, for, like that's a compilation of like badasses of history or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that there there is a a particular chapter about Finn McCool and kind of the 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 shit he got into. <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, so I, I yeah I love Irish mythology. Um, I loved kind of being able to get into the series and learn a bit a little bit more and kind of con- will hopefully continue to learn more about kind of those stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, especially learning where it differentiated because Maeve does isn't like starting a war over a steer and yeah. uh deirdre is not a, a not a kidnapped princess being groomed by a guy way too old for her no oh. <sighs> so yeah that's also her father no 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 connor's only her father oh, yeah. in mystic nights yeah that's yeah. a miscommunication on my end when you i listened to you, you told the story yeah yeah so. yeah no I, as far as i can tell connor was not her father he was like he was the king who of like this like she was like birthed by like one of his servants if I remember right so like oh no even worse yeah um, well not even worse that's that's still bad yeah They're both bad yeah so it's it was fun to see like where this kind of like intersected and like you know makes me want to seek out and learn more because you know reading rainbow or something like that I don't know. You don't have to take my word for it. (laughs) (laughs) So let's touch like real quickly on the fan theory Mm -hmm. uh, that they were agent power rangers. Uh, I think like brought up in like the cold opening and stuff like that. There's definitely, I would definitely think that the Fae could tap into the morphing grid. This definitely could feel like 
you know, where did, yeah, if you were to look at this in a Power Ranger sense, because the morphing grid, it is both science and mystical. It's mm-hmm. kind of weird like that. Uh, I definitely could say, like, the Fae probably may have drawn to it, and that's how they were able to not only have the powers they have, but also to make the mystic armor. In Mystic Knights, I don't want the Fae to fuck with me. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> especially with, like, I don't know if I necessarily believe that they're the the ancient power, uh, Mystic Force Power Rangers, but, like, yeah. especially, like, in Mystic Force, like, the powers that they have in that series, because, like, their their powers are more connected through magic, like... Yeah. That where that's very specifically is treated like magic and like even their initial like morphers are wands. Yeah. And it's not until and- they learn a spell where that like no, I think it was um Udana puts a spell over to make it blend in more to be like looks like cell phones. It's also very hinted at that Udana was a part of the those ancient Mystic Force Power Rangers. Yeah, cuz like she is a ranger herself. So Yeah. Like it, it's just it's like that wouldn't make unless like Udana is just very very old and like there's a time thing going on here that we don't know. Well, I don't think it's which, the theory I was seeing didn't necessarily say that they were the ones that like got killed off. Oh, okay. But like that maybe it's sense. like a line of like you know the first you know like the first like Mystic Force Power Rangers were the Mystic Knights. Okay, that actually that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, but again, that's again that's just a theory. So like. Yeah. I, I again, I don't know if I necessarily think that Kells is the you know the fairy realm outside of Briarwood. Yeah, but like that, yeah, because Kells is based on Ireland, so like yeah. that would imply way too much weirdness there. But like, I could easily yeah, I could see in like some Power Rangers multiverse, you could probably trace back access to the morphing grid to the Fae in in Kells and in Mystic Knights. Yeah. Like, I could totally see that. It makes sense yeah. to me. Even now, knowing the theory, I'm kind of a little bit on the same page there. It's just like, uh, it's like, I'm not sure if it's Mystic Knights, but, or not Mystic Knights, but Mystic Force, but definitely, like, magic and the morphing grid, I can definitely see. Yeah. And, like, because, you know, because a lot of times when we hear, like, the ancient stories of, like, the morphing grid and Power Rangers, it all takes place in space. Yeah. Like, because, you know, it's like, oh, we're talking about alien, aliens who are trying to conquer the universe. But it's like, okay, but if the morphing grid as a entity, like, it's something that anybody can access and not just these aliens. And it's not just Zordon bringing it to Earth. Then and you see, and you see humans accessing it late in modern era. Yeah. Era. Yeah, because, like, in more modern, like, times like when we get away from zordon and all of that you know you do have humans being like oh i was able to build this thing that helps access the morphing grid that make you power rangers yeah you know whether it's like somebody like um Haley or um or andrew or rj rj in his fucking loft <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah clearly humans can access the morphing grid like through various means so why can't like ancient fey do the same yeah i mean that's just my, that's just my take on it we typically yeah. don't get into the fan theories a lot on this podcast admittedly but like yeah no that's one i can serious i could seriously buy like happening. that one is yeah yeah that that one i can seriously consider 
not weird fan theories is the weird CGI effect. Oh my god. Especially when they were just like, we give up. Here's an eyeball for a monster. Or this monster just doesn't have a face. <laughs> god, that one where it's just like this weird... I think it was supposed to be a dragon or something, but they were like, nah, no, we're not even going to form a face on this thing. Yeah, it was just like... It's like, oh, man, the early days of, like, CG, like, effects, when, like, they would try to put it in TV, and it just always looked like a disaster. Yeah, which kind of segues into uh, those cars that Bondi wanted. Yeah, so kind of referring back to the Toy Galaxy episode, apparently, like, Bondi wanted for, you know, for the purposes of, like, making toys, they wanted the series to introduce motorcycles. <laughs> And it's like, uh, this is about ancient people who, like, don't have access to, uh, to steam-powered engines, much less diesel power engines. And they're like, no, motorcycles. Okay, so I guess, like, the best I can maybe guess was the compromise was just putting, adding in some cars towards the end of the series. Yes. And, like... <laughs> they're, they're so dumb. <laughs> they're very, they're very stupid. Uh, we kept seeing Dracula every time one appeared. Because, like, okay, because the effect kind of worked two ways. Because it would either be wide shots where it was, like, the terrible CG effects making this car, which is just yeah. still very stupid. It's just like, okay, so it's been, like, kind of a swords and sorcery fairies and magic series <laughs> up until this point. And it still is. But then there's, like, a mystic car. Garrett just gets one and they don't even explain it. Yeah, and, like... But so, like, you'd have these wide shots, and, like, you had the cars, and they would, you know, fire things off, pew, pew, pew. And then it will cut to, like, a close-up of whoever is driving it, where, like, they're very clearly green-screened in. With, like, a car, you know, they're driving, like, a car that's green-screened in, and it just made us think of Dragula. Yeah, and, like, the effect in the Dragula video, where, like, they cut to Rob Zombie, and, like, it's Bunny in the car, and they're just sort of bobbing their heads. <laughs> So we're just like, dig through the ditches and burn through the witches. Slam in the back of my Dracula. Oh my goodness. Oh, we didn't put this in the notes, but do we have to talk about the fact that the series reset our vor counter? Oh yes, oh my god. So we really are just like, I don't know how this became a joke to us. I'm with you. I miss it when we just talked about Unikitty. Yeah, so, like, you know, for the past couple of episodes, we've been good. We have not referenced it at all. But then the fucking series does an episode where Ivar gets eaten by a sea monster. <laughs> and my reaction to this is, no, 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 no. <laughs> and, like, they even cut to him inside the monster's belly. And I'm like, this is, the series is doing this. It's not us. It's not fucking us. Uh, no, they actually just had Ivar got bored. Yeah, I mean, he was, he got better, but, like, it was, he got better. I was like, he got eaten by a Nessie. <laughs> it's not even the right country to be a Nessie. He just gets eaten by Nessie, swallowed whole. Uh, at least it was sophomore. Yeah, at least it was that. Backing, tr backing away from that ledge. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, the series was apparently popular in Germany. Oh, yeah. Because, like, like, most of the rips that were part of the preservation project were from a German um, airing, from German airings. Yeah, there were German DVDs. 
Uh, I ended up, like, we were Googling something, I think. I think I just wanted to show, like, what Garrett looked like mm-hmm. on my live tweeting. Mm-hmm. And, like, ended up finding, like, German cosplayers. Yeah, and, like, the rips that we had, like, had the title in German. Um, and, like, had the titles for the episodes in German. Which kind which of... we would just say, say in bad German. Yeah, bad German accents. Um, <laughs> and kind of just as part of that, like, there's a separate theme song that was done just in germany and it's a fucking banger it's like you you would think that a bunch of germans trying to emulate like irish accents would be terrible but no it's a banger yeah so it's just like we were kind of sad that the um like i think the the preservation project did include a separate video of it and you can find it on youtube of the german theme but yeah we're kind of sad it's just like okay you put the german titles in there why not just put the German theme song? Just just put the like shitty theme song. Yeah, because like a separate video. Yeah, because like this the the um yeah because the American theme was kind of boring because it's just like this kind of like choral singing just being like Mystic Nights Mystic. Oh! It's like it's not very good. And then like the the like the German theme is just like Mystic Nights have nights come to save come our to lives. Uh, mystic <laughs> Nights, you know, and they have like and it's like it it's like the like has the, like layers of in, in in ancient times, you know, and it's like really cool. Yeah, it's like it's a total banger. Definitely seek if you're not if you're not gonna watch anything else in Mystic Nights, I just say seek that one out because it gets you fucking hyped to go watch the series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I watched it before recording. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, I kind of, as we touched, it was the better of power, Saban's like, non-Power Rangers leagues, and I think he finally figured it out. Yeah. Or the team figured it out, rather. Yeah, and it's kind of sad. Like, uh, part of the reason I'm sad there wasn't a second season, because, like, they clearly kind of had gotten it down to a science and how to make mm-hmm. it work without having to depend on... Um, outside footage but i guess you know for saban for him if it ain't broke don't fix it oh yeah so i don't know it was like i think like they touched on it again with los luchadores but by the time los luchadores was out they just didn't fucking care anymore because they got that disney payday so why put any effort to promote and make this a series that people actually want to see yeah uh, which which brings us to our verdict of the episode, which is we we liked it a lot. We really did. Uh, I was worried about checking this out because I've I've heard mixed things about it, and also it's just like old Saban properties can be a nightmare. Let's let's face it. Uh, but this was really good. It's a solid kids program for the time period. I don't think it ages too poorly as the other non-Power Ranger show did and also some Power Ranger seasons. Mm. Uh, it was a great uh, mix of episodic and story-driven uh, and story-driven storytelling. Uh, it reminded me a lot of, like, not, like, the best TNG, but, like, mid-tier TNG. Okay. You know, like, like it was okay and pretty good. Um, and I'd say give it a watch, but also, I also really sad it did not get a second season. Yeah, same here. And, like, honestly, if I had gotten to see this as a kid, it definitely would have been my shit. Like, it's a fun series that matches more closely to something like Xena and Hercules than Power Rangers, despite borrowing so much from the Power Rangers formula. Mm-hmm. But, like like I said, it still had that Power Rangers, like, fun vibe running through it. 
if anything, I think it proves that Saban Productions was capable of making a fun action show that didn't totally rely on Japanese footage and where they would just fill in the gaps later. And I really wish they had gotten to make Battle Thunder just to see where it would have gone. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that is it for another episode. Uh, Once again, we want to thank Kate Nix for doing our theme song that you hear at the beginning of the end of every episode. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at the Goblin Mother, as well as katenix.com where you can find her band camp, her merch, and her streaming. So she's actually back to streaming now. She is streaming on Tuesdays at 9 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with her Music and Mayhem concert stream. And on Thursdays at 4 p.m. with her podcast call-in show called The Part Where I Talk. And then we'd like to thank Joe Hunter for the art. Um, You can find him on uh, Twitter uh, at Joe underscore Hunter. uh, On Instagram as Joe Bloody Hunter. On Threadless at JoeHunter.Threadless.com. And Patreon as Joe underscore Hunter. He is um, currently working on the comic Beast Heart Strikers with Land Pitts, which is also part of a backup running on Radiant Black currently, which, yay, you can finally yeah. mention that. Yeah. <laughs> we, had to, we had to be quiet. Yeah, we had to be quiet about that. But yeah, no, it is currently running as a backup in Radiant Black, and he also was featured as a backup artist on Radiant Black issue four. So... Uh, wherever you purchase comics, go check out Radiant Black. It is actually a good fucking series. I need to catch up on it as well, but yeah. yeah. Read Radiant Black. Go read Beast Heart Strikers as well. Yeah, they're, they're Rangers Plane endorsed. And we also want to thank Kurt Yoder for editing the podcast, as always, uh, for putting up with our weird ramblings and making it into episodes that you listen to every month or so uh, you can find him on twitter at the great sg on etsy as great sg creations and also his separate twitter of great sg pixels where you can see the perler art that he makes it is very good um our wrestler of the podcast uh as you can probably guess is uh finn balor because he's irish and his entire gimmick for the most part is based in irish mythology at least the demon gimmick but you know we won't get too deep into that and then, uh, for myself, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Kitty F. I am trying to use the Instagram just a tiny bit more because one of my coworkers is, you know, that bullying. Uh, but, you know, I think she's been encouraging me to try to use it a little bit more, even though I'm not as much of an influencer type as she is. I, I, that sounded mean. I didn't mean it to be um uh that's more her job that's that's part yeah that's more of her that's more of her side hustle than than what i do i just use it for fun but um yeah so uh you find me on twitter and instagram under miss kitty f Uh, my twitter has a link to um my link tree where you can find everything i do including my shop um which my main shop is um ashley-leckwell.square.site where you, I have my cloth masks which are great for wearing over uh, your more uh, sturdy KN95s and N95s and surgical masks. I do it all the time. Um, and I also have my zines and blankets and whatever else that I've made that I feel like is worthy to sell. Uh, you can find me at Twitter at VelociRiker. Uh, I do have an Etsy store code as Magical Crafts where you can get um, fandom and pop culture inspired uh, candles and uh, and soaps. Uh, I'm hoping to branch out and do more like uh, lip balms. Stuff are going to come out hopefully soon. You can also find that there's a link tree at that Twitter, which is code as crafts. 
It's also the Instagram. You can find the link tree for all that as well. And then for us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at, at Rangersplain, as well as our Patreon at Rangersplain, where we will, for our Patreon, we release our episodes a day early. Um, I need to get back to adding my show notes, and um, hopefully we'll start doing some merch rollouts there as well this year. And you can also find our WordPress site, which is uh, rangersplain.wordpress.com. That's where we house all the links to where you can find us on the internet, and um, also all the links to the stuff we talk about in our episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. If you are listening to us on anywhere that you rate a podcast, like Apple Podcasts or something like that, please give us a rating and review if you like listening to us. Um, that helps us, even if you can't contribute to us on Patreon, that helps us a lot with beating the algorithm so more people can listen to us. Well, next month we're finally heading into the Neo Saban era. Hooray! Yeah. Well, either way, it's time to watch Power Rangers Samurai. Until then, stay safe out there and may the power protect you. Go, Rangers.